headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, broadcasting from the Pods Moving and Storage Studios. It's the Ramsey Show, where debt is done, cash is king, and the paid-off home mortgage has taken the place of the BMW as the status symbol of choice. We help people build wealth, do work that they love, and create actual amazing relationships. Number one best-selling author, Ramsey personality, and host of the Ken Coleman Show. Ken Coleman is my co-host today as we talk about your life and your money. Open phones at 888-825-5225. David starts us off this hour in Dallas. Hi, David. How are you? Hi, good. This is awesome. Thanks for talking to me. Absolutely. How can we help? Yeah, so I am, um, I need some advice. I'm, I'm 29 years old. Uh, when, I was, when I was younger, I made some some poor academic choices. So I don't have any, you know, useful degree or really any good skills for the job market. Um, so, uh, a few years ago, things turned around and I got married and I moved to Switzerland where my wife is from. Um, and I landed a good job there. I was just really fortunate, um, at a good company. And my plan was to stay there and just work my way up. And that was going to be my life. Uh, unfortunately about three months ago, um, something happened and my wife and I got divorced. So I moved back to the States. I moved to Dallas to be around friends that are, you know, uh, supportive. And that's where I am now. So I am an adult. I am living at a friend's house. I don't really own any possessions. I don't have any money, no car. I'm starting over, um, over here. And I do not want to live, you know, I I don't want to be at retirement age, still living paycheck to paycheck. Um, I, I'm willing to do pretty much whatever it takes if it's going back to school or whatever. Um, I need an actual career, um, and I need to learn how to properly manage my finances, but I have no idea where to start with any of this. Um, I'm at a crossroads here in my life, so I'm, I'm wondering what advice you would have or what you guys would do in my situation. Well, the first thing I would do if I were you is get a job, and it doesn't have to be anywhere remotely close to what you might think a dream job is. It may not even be a great job but it's a good job, meaning it's in a decent environment and uh, you are somewhat valued or respected, right? And and you're able to make some money. I think this is crucial because you've just mm-hmm. gone through some enormously difficult emotional stuff, relationship stuff. And yeah. I love that you've landed in a safe place with some friends, but you need to get out and start doing something. And I, I don't think it's the cure-all. I want to be very careful. I don't think that work is the silver bullet, but I do believe, and the data shows us, that when a person is doing something productive, and in this case, it's earning a paycheck, getting you to a place where you can get financially stable, get out of your friend's house and off their couch, and living on your own is going to do wonders for the healing process. It's not the healing process, but it's going to do wonders. So I think that's the first thing. And so once I do that, then I'm going to start to say, okay, now that I'm getting some breathing room, I want to get my financial house in order. I'm going to come up with a plan, and we've got the plan here through the baby steps. Now I'm looking towards what do I really want to do? What work is meaningful for me? What results motivate me? Now, I want to call something out, and I know you're down on yourself, but I want to encourage you. You started off the phone call by saying you didn't have any skills that were transferable. But that's completely untrue because you work successfully in Switzerland. True mm-hmm. or false? Yeah, that's correct. So what, let's what get were you rid doing, of that. What were you doing there? Um, I worked for a company doing um, running their social media and editing videos. Did you enjoy it? Yeah, yeah, I did. Did you suck? <laughs> no, I don't think so. Okay. <laughs> so right. let's go there first. I mean, really? So you, you know how to edit and do social media. 
Uh, I think that's a valuable skill. So never again are you allowed to say, I don't have any valuable skills. Okay. Okay. Um, Because Ken's right. It's just not true. Okay. I've I've been, since I got here, I've been doing whatever I can um, to to earn money. My, my, my issue is I, because I grew up um, with hardworking parents, but far under the poverty line. So um, my, my fear is that I, I don't advance. I don't, um, you know, I, I want to financially be set when I'm a little older, you know? Um, yeah, well, that's my step one is get off the street yeah. and get a car. Yeah. And so okay. step one is go do anything and a lot of it, uh, hmm. to, pile, to pile up some money. Yep. Right. Anything that's okay. legal and moral, you need to be doing like 60 or 80 hours of that, um, or three things. Uh, and, and so you can get you a little pile of money, get off the street, get a couch, get a bed, you know, get, get a, get a car. And then we can start talking about self-actualizing and moving into the career of your dreams and becoming, uh, you know, moving from paycheck to purpose, as Ken's book says, and we'll send you a copy of that. And as you're doing that, then you just keep listening to this podcast and we'll walk you through with the Ramsey materials and Mm -hmm. Financial Peace University, those kinds of things, how to handle the money once you got some. But right now you just got to get sustainability, right? Right. Okay. And from your background, uh, you know, it's the tapes that are playing in your head that I want to, you know, that earning a little money will shut those tapes off. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be, okay. I'm going to be below the poverty line. I'm going to be stuck here. No, you're not. I mean, you can do social media and you can edit videos and you're freaking in Dallas, Texas. I mean, come on. There's <laughs> about a bazillion things you can do there that will earn you 50 to a hundred thousand dollars a year starting tomorrow. Ready, set, go. Okay. Hmm. Go. Okay. You know, you're, you are not going to be your childhood. You're just simply not. Hmm. Um, but you've had the crap kicked out of you. And so that those little boy tapes play in your head during your pain time. And, uh, that's just normal. Uh, we all have those, we all have those, you know, the, the doubting Thomas that sits on our shoulder. Right. Uh, and he, and he's particularly loud. She's particularly loud when other people have rejected you like your wife. That's a very good point, and I'm going to tell you something that's happening to you, David. When your wife, whatever reason, decides to not be married to you anymore, there's a personal worth that gets attacked. And that personal worth can translate over to professional worth, and I think, Dave, you're absolutely spot on. That's a natural thing. Does it make you weak? Does it make you weird? You're you're human, and you're hurting. Yeah, I I mean, I went through bankruptcy, and, you know, 28 years old, I'm sitting there thinking, you're the king of the doofuses. Right. You know, and it took me a little while to, to you know, turn in my crown. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Uh, it's true, I, I kind of was. I kind of deserved the crown, but I just didn't decide that's not going to be my identity for the rest of my life. It's just going to be something I went through. It was See, a these things, these things can define you, yeah. um, or or they, they these things that happen to us in our lives, these things, sometimes we cause them, sometimes we don't, but th- this crap that we all walk through from time to time in our lives uh, – you know, don't let it be like, who are you? Oh, I'm a guy that got divorced. No, you're not. You're just a guy. Yeah. And you got divorced. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're not a, you know, you're not defined by this process. So or this, I'm not, I'm not defined by bankruptcy. It's just one of the things that happened in my life. That's right. And you're not a guy who is destined to be poor because his parents were. No, or file bankruptcy or whatever, you know, all that kind of stuff. So yeah, you're fine. You're fine. Hang on. We're going to send you a copy of Ken's book. Uh, 
Paycheck to Purpose. We're also going to sign you up for his assessment. Take that. It'll help you assess what your strengths are and maybe where some directions you can go. But, dude, go plug into some marketing and social media positions. Some digital marketing positions are all over Dallas. People are hiring like crazy. And uh, you should be able to jump into something pretty quick. Plus, like, you know, 80 hours of Uber Eats or, you know, you can't do Uber Eats on a car. But whatever. I mean, go go find something to do where you're working your tail end off and pile you up five or 10000 bucks to get the wolf away from the door. This is The Ramsey Show. I want to tell you a true story. I got a letter from Fran in Virginia once. She and her husband, Gary, were loaded down with debt. They decided to get serious and worked for over two years to pay off $65,000. They were able to buy their dream home. Gary had just started a new job and things were looking really good. Six months later, Gary unexpectedly died. Wow. Tears my heart out. Besides the grief and shock, Fran had no income, was on her own, and her Social Security benefits couldn't pay the mortgage. Talk about feeling lost and alone. The only good part of this story is that Gary had term life insurance through Xander. So Fran was able to deal with her grief without being overwhelmed with money issues. Sad story, but I share it with you to make a point. For over 25 years, I've been telling you about the importance of term life insurance and protecting your family. Having life insurance is what responsible people do for their families. It's why I tell you every day to go to Xander.com or call them at 800-356-4282. Well, folks, we hope that the information you get here, the inspiration you get here is helpful to you why we've been doing this show for 30-something years, and it has proven to be helpful to millions of people. And if it has, you could um, you could help us. We'd appreciate it. If you're listening on YouTube or one of the uh, podcast platforms, Spotify, Apple, whatever, uh, you can subscribe. That helps the algorithms and helps spread the word about the show. Uh, you can share the show, uh, meaning link it to some to whatever you're listening and send it out and you could even just say, hey, I listen to it on this talk radio station and share with your friends. Tell people about us. We would appreciate that. That's very, very helpful. You are our number one promotional outlet. Uh, and so word of mouth is how this show has grown. It's how it's prospered. It's how it's survived. And so if if, uh, if you want to be of help to us, that's what you do. And you could leave a review in places where you can. And as long as it's a five-star review, we really don't need the other ones. But thank you. <laughs> Coleman, the... Uh, the layoffs are out there. We had this huge shortage of labor. Mm-hmm. Kind of still do. Oh, yeah. Absolutely still do. It's a weird stagflation economy that mm-hmm. we're in, really. A shortage of labor, and yet a recession is um, blooming. Yep. Appears to be. Being predicted. The, the, the Fed had asked for this. They're trying to cause it, and I think they're pulling it off so a lot of large publicly traded companies are laying people off last monday night the night before thanksgiving uh united furniture makes lane furniture uh sent an email to all 2700 workers at their mississippi um plant and uh they went home on monday from work and got an email yeah or a text saying don't come back tomorrow most woke up in the morning 
The email went out late at night and woke up the next morning. You're done. Don't even come in. No yeah, warning. Asurian here in Nashville has laid off a couple thousand yep. layoffs, a couple thousand people different times. Uh, Facebook has announced that the company's going to be laying off 11,000 employees, 13% of its workforce. Of course, Musk laid off half of Twitter for whatever reason. Uh, 3,700 jobs there. Amazon laid off 10,000 workers, marking the lar- largest job cuts in the company's history. Uh, rideshare company Lyft laid off 13% of its staff, 700 workers. Earlier this month, FinTech Stripe announced it would lay off 14% of its workforce, 1,100 employees. Online real estate broker Redfin laid off 862 workers, about 13% of its workforce. Salesforce, the enterprise software company, uh, cut hundreds of workers last week, and the company's stock has dropped about 38% in value. Uh, Layoffs, they are out there. They are, but it is important to hear because you just heard Dave walk through a list and the media is playing this up big time because it makes you click. But you need to understand something. What is common among that list and among the other large layoffs over the last 90 days is anticipation. These companies are laying people off in anticipation of a recession. Most of these companies are publicly held companies. So they are thinking about their stock price. It's a different game than small business in America. So what they will do is they will hire up and staff up. So you hear Amazon laying off tens of thousands of workers. Why? So, uh, let, let's just translate that, okay? Public These publicly traded companies are buttholes, okay? Because <laughs> here's what they're doing, all right? Let me tell you why Salesforce, in their press release, Salesforce said they laid these people off to increase profits. That's exactly right. It's about the stock price. Simply increasing profits. And so, I mean, what the, what that tell I mean, so you didn't need them when you hired them? You they weren't going to make you money when you hired them? Oh no, no, no. They were going to make us money, but one way to increase profits is to slash the payroll line right. on the P&L temporarily. And it temporarily makes us look like we're more profitable, although there's not people to do the work that causes us to be more profitable later. That's correct. So we rehire later. And so it's corporate America being buttholes. They're, they're, all they're doing is they're they're creating pro- false profit. Mm-hmm. No kid, no pun intended. I like that. False profit. Po- profit that didn't come from generating revenues and doing a better job. Profit that came from cutting an expense that you actually needed an investment that you actually needed in order to appear to be more profitable. That's right. And, and they do that on the backs of you in America. And some of you, um, you're really having the great regret because some of you left a job with a company that actually was a pretty good company to make 15 or 20 more thousand dollars over at publicly traded jerkwad. That's right. That's right. And, they told you you could work from home, and guess who got guess who got laid off first at all these companies? All the all the research we're seeing coming in, the the number one, there are two types of people that got laid off: the last ones hired and the ones that are working from home. That's correct. That's exactly right. The data says that. That's not our opinion. That's what the data says. And the reason you're out of sight, you're out of mind. And Dave, you're absolutely right. You look out at, of your mind. That's right. You look at Amazon, for instance. So Amazon. It came out early this year, an internal memo from one of their executives. They were worried about being able to actually hire people in multiple cities of the U.S. because they had burned through available workers. They treat people like commodities. 
And Dave's exactly right. The minute that a recession might be looming, what do they do? It's about the almighty dollar and the stock price. And, and we're not against capitalism. We, we love it. And I'm all for profit. But the fact of the matter is, Dave, you're exactly right. They begin to just diminish people and they go, all right, you are just a number on a spreadsheet. We don't care about you. It was all about uh, the stock price. It's all about profit. So when consumers are so buying I more, announced, we hire I announced you. to our 1,100 people last week that our profits are down this year because our costs are up. And as a result, we are laying off precisely no one because we wouldn't have freaking hired you in the first place if we didn't need you. And I'm not going to put more money in my pocket as the owner and increase my profits by dumping you in the street at the first sign of a black cloud. Because yep. I'm like a human, and I like other humans and treat them like people, not like robots that can be thrown in the ditch the first time something comes up. That's right. And that's how small business operates, by and large. You don't hear small businesses going, oh, we're going to lay people off so I can make more profit. Yeah. People that own small businesses don't do that. And as a matter of fact, right now, Dave, small businesses are looking to hire. They can't find people to hire. It's the exact difference. They're trying to grow their business, and Amazon and the big public companies are trying to just grow their stock price. Yeah. Big difference. So corp corporate America has always, and, and this is not against capitalism, by corporate America, I mean big companies with mm -hmm. no heart, yeah. no soul. And, and some big companies have a heart and soul. Some little companies don't have a heart and soul, but I'm talking when I'm when I say corporate America, I mean these companies that treat people, they treat the customer like a unit of revenue. They treat so you know you're a number when you're a customer of Bank of America. Bank of America sucks. If you're a customer of Bank of America, you know they couldn't care less whether you live or die. You are a number. It's all they care about. As a customer, you're a unit of revenue. And by the way, if you work there, you're a unit of production. And there's no humanity in a company like that, none whatsoever. Now, there's again, it's not based solely on size, but you guys know what I'm talking about. And so what this is is a warning on behalf of the Ken Coleman movement to get a job, get a career, make a move if you want to make a move uh, for more money. If you want to, that's great. I got no issue with that uh, for a better opportunity for an area that's where you are functioning in your sweet spot that's in your right. purpose. Yeah, but don't be going solely based on money. I'm going to hold my that's nose right. and move over to some company that has a value system that I can't stand. That's They're so exactly woke. Right. I can't sleep. That's right. And I don't want to be around these people. And you're going to run over there and jump in the middle of that septic tank and hold your nose and hope you don't get screwed. Well, of course you're going to get screwed. That's exactly right. Here's what happens. The paycheck and the promotion wear off when you, the person, know that you're in the wrong pool. You just know it's not right. It will eat away at you. Your soul will slowly slip out of your body. Where you work matters. Yeah. And, and you, so, yes, go make more money. Yes, get into something that is your purpose. But don't have an existential crisis because during COVID, you suddenly decided someday you're going to die. No kidding. And so now I have to go do, I have to quickly, I have to go, I have to go, I have to go make more money. I'm burnt out. Hey, 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 hey. I'm going to work from home part time and get paid for full time. Hey, hey, hey. You're going to be the first one in the ditch, baby. And that's what's happening right now. This is The Ramsey Show.
after ranting about layoffs by corporate America, they go in the commercial break, and Coleman tells me this story that curled both the hairs that I have left. Mm. Tell me about it. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. That was a setup. Okay. That so was, That was an underhand pitch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought For God's sake, swing. I thought you were going. Yeah, here we go. So, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, a guy uh, who was the CEO at the time, he's since been relieved of his duties, thankfully, of a company called Better.com. And here's the irony. That's the name of the company. He laid off several thousand people from his kitchen over Zoom. No previous warning. No, none of their managers talking to them. Company wide Zoom, and he decided to lay off that many people, and then gave them instructions: "Hey, we'll be in touch. Your leader will be in touch with you soon to explain the terms of you leaving." But he just dropped it on them in his kitchen via Zoom. And what was the best part of it, Dave, is about halfway through he got choked up because it was so difficult to do. And I just wanted your take on that. <laughs> And I, I'm trying not to question his sincerity, uh, but but to do it. Well, you don't have to question his sincerity, but you, sincerity, but you can question his character. Yeah, I mean, this is not a guy. I mean, it suddenly occurred to him that he just dumped thousands of people in the street halfway through the call. Yeah, that, I yeah, mean, exactly, dude. You were never a leader in the first place. You shouldn't have been in that seat. You're not qualified. That's not even real communication, Dave. That's just uh, that, that's what's called. Uh, Oh, cowardice. That's what you call it. Right. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm a freaking coward. Yeah, that's what It's that like is. he was ripping the Band-Aid off for him, Yeah, not for them. Exactly. So here's the thing. Do sometimes companies reach a point that they are not profitable or are approaching that and have to, as a mathematical necessity, mm-hmm. let people go? Yeah, we were facing that potentially during COVID. We didn't know what we were going to have. I mean, we had in, we had tens of millions of dollars of revenue in certain areas, like, for instance, doing live events. You remember when you stopped doing that suddenly? Remember when I canceled a cruise in the middle of March of 2020? Yeah, that was handy. Uh, so when the revenue just evaporates and there's no money, then you can't pay people. Then you've got to lay them off. But then and but but you, there's a couple things that go with that. Uh this is not this is not laying people off just to increase your profits, which is about as ugh, corporate America as it gets. Okay, so there's a couple things that go with this the, these problems. Number one, the factory in Mississippi laying off 2,700. The the duper from Better, give me a break, uh, laying people off from Zoom from his kitchen table suddenly with no warning. Those two had shared one thing in common. They knew they were in trouble a long time before they laid those people off. That's correct. So you owe your team information that's accurate. Yeah. Well, they might leave. Dumb butt. You're getting ready to lay them off. Okay. I mean, seriously, of course they might leave because – you're announcing that the ship is taking on water we think we can stay afloat but uh we got a leak over here and you go ahead and tell these guys this like months before because you know it months before yeah you know what's going on and so number one lots and lots and lots of clear open authentic communication early and often this is what you do if you're a real leader in a company regardless of the size of the company and, and then the second thing is you do not lay people off in order to line your own pockets. These are people that have lives. They have kids and dogs and 
husbands and wives and college funds and i mean you you don't build your personal fortune on the backs of laying people off that trusted you by coming to work for you that's morally wrong that's right okay that's just that's wrong and so you know it's not it's not a legal issue at all but a you need to give them notice lots and lots of open communication lots of notice b do sometimes then you actually have to do this because it's an arithmetic thing yeah 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 that's right sometimes you have to and then uh you should feel it yeah treat not, people not with halfway dignity. through a zoom call that's right it's dignity it's the difference between i'm on a zoom and i had no warning and all of a sudden bam i'm not sitting there with my leader able to process information and ask questions i've just been hit right in the forehead and there's nothing i can do about it all right changing the subject julianne is with us in santa rose california hi julianne how are you well hello dave and ken thanks so much for taking my call your your show is a real blessing thank, thank you. you how can we help so so i am 63 years old and <clears throat> pardon me i've got i make about sixty four thousand a year um I've got $18,000 in credit card debt. I'm looking to retire at 68. Um, Ken, I've listened to you talk about that you have a passion for what you do. And, well, I don't think I'm in that group, but I do work in a government position and I will be getting a pension. So that is why I'm there. I'm looking, as I said, I'm looking to retire at 68. Um, and my, my question is, I just, and I have about $100,000 in combined 401k and, and a SARSEP. And when I retire, my the two pensions I'll get plus my Social Security from a higher paying job before will equal pretty much what I'm making now. But my you question is... You qualify for those I mean, pensions I, now, don't you? Uh, no, I don't. The one pension was with a law firm, and I have to wait until I'm 65 to... Get okay. That. What about the other? And one? the other one, I don't quite have five years in yet, so no, I can't get that either. When and is when the five I, years? If I stop at five uh, in within the next six months or so, but that okay. will be a lot less than if I wait another five years, which is why I was going to retire at sixty-eight. Then that'll make me eligible for Social Security as well. I my Social Security is at sixty-six to ten months, but I figure sixty-eight will put ten years in at my government job. And then I would use the money as I need. Um, and the hundred thousand in the combined four hundred one k and star step. I, I live in affordable housing, so I have no property or anything. What's and your I'm What's looking, your question? Uh, my question is: <laughs> is um, how do I leverage getting the most out of my situation? <laughs> Be more specific. What do you mean? What are you trying okay. to leverage? Um, I'm trying to. Um, have a better standard of living when I retire. I uh, because before I retire, I need to pay off the eighteen thousand in credit card. I don't know how I'm going to do that. And then I also um, I have a beater van from when my mom days. Of course, I don't have that anymore. And so I was looking to get one more car for like my forever car. And I don't know how I'm going to make all that happen. Sure, and you get do. Free sure, in you do. Five years. Sure, you do. Well, that's why you called. Dave's going to help you. But I'm going to give you the formula though, so that you can get your head right. Number one. You need, to, you need to pay off your debt, and you might need to supplement your income right now to make that happen faster, and then you're going to be fine. But you got to pay off this debt. And I, I work, I was thinking about that, thank you, and I work full time, um, and I don't know how, I, I, I've, I've listened to the side hustle overtime. and all of that, and I'm trying You work 40 to, hours. Overtime is your answer. They aren't, they, they, they work Full time is 80. Uh, 
No, I work 40 hours a week. I know. So that's eight hours, five days a week, and they don't pay overtime. They will not authorize it. I know. So go get a job working, doing something else in addition to this. Work more. Hey, that's my only option. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you have another option. Continue to stay broke. No. It's it's depressing. It, yeah. it really is, and yeah. I don't want to be depressed. Yeah. So I don't I don't know how I would work in addition because I work eight to five five days a week, and like I said, I'm sixty three. I'm not twenty three, but so yeah. am I. So you're not an invalid. I, I work all no. the time. I mean, I'm sixty three. I, you know, sixteen hour days if I need to. I'm it's entirely possible. I don't like doing it either. But I mean, there's sometimes I have to get crap done and. So you got $18,000 worth of debt in a junky van. you got to fix these things. And you're going to need more money. You're going to tighten the budget that you've got. And you're going to have to increase your income. And uh, you need financial peace. We've got the process for you. Yeah. Walk it through. You're discouraged. You need to get determined. This is not a, a an unsolvable situation. We have the steps. Yeah. Hang on. We'll give you a copy of the book Total Money Makeover and show you exactly what to do. But you're going to have to increase your income. Yep. And you're going to have to out, decrease your outgo. So stuff you're spending money on while you're sitting around, other than your 40 hours of work, uh, you're not going to be able to spend money on that anymore because you're not going to be sitting around anymore. There you go. This is The Ramsey Show. personality number one best-selling author is my co-host today hey we have a blast giving away a ton of cash in the ramsey christmas cash giveaway this month the giveaway ends very soon you need to enter now if you want a chance to win now we've been giving away 500 dollars a week and right now you can enter every day to increase your chances to win the grand prize which is five thousand dollars which you're going to be giving away in just a few days there's no purchase necessary. you got to be 18 years or older or older. Go to RamseySolutions.com. While you're there, check out the kids' sale. Get prices as low as $10 on stuff like the Teen Entrepreneur Toolbox, the Graduate Survival Guide, Questions for Humans Conversation Cards. Lots and lots and lots of our books are $10, like almost all of them. Uh, we are having the opposite of inflation at the uh, Ramsey website. So uh, no one told our marketing team that there's inflationary economy. So and apparently we are going to just sell the crap out of stuff at a deal. So Ramsey Cash Giveaway and the sale both end very soon. Do not wait. Go to RamseySolutions.com. Victoria is with us in Tampa, Florida. Hi, Victoria. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hi, Dave. Hi, Kim. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. What's up? Um, so my husband and I need some advice so we don't make a stupid decision here. Um, so my husband and I have a small town home. Um, our monthly payment is so cheap. It is under $1,000, which is crazy for Tampa, Florida right now. Um, our townhome is super basic. It's a two-bedroom, two-and-a-half bath, no garage. And our plan was to pay it off, um, and we're so close to it. Um, we have about $50,000 in save- savings, um, and we owe about 112000 in our home. Um, if we put that money towards our home, we would owe about $60,000. 
and we could easily tackle that in, in less than two years. Um, the thing is, though, we had a baby a few months ago, and I work hybrid. Our home feels too tight, and I am afraid I would not be able to buy another home if the price goes higher right now. Um, so we could upgrade to a three-bedroom and a garage, and by selling our home and putting all of our savings and whatever money we make from this home um, towards this other option we have, we, we would potentially put down 50%. Uh, and our monthly payment would be about $300 more than what we pay right now in our current home. Uh, now, my question is, in what circumstance is okay to not pay off your home? Um, at this point, is it better to just upgrade or just like suck it up and stick around? So, Victoria, um, I've got a question. Uh, I've got a question before Dave yeah. answers the money piece. Uh, what makes the house feel cramped with a newborn? And I want you to be specific, and I'm not picking on you. I want you to really tell me what makes it feel cramped. They're not that big. Yes. So I hope, well, it is a two bedroom uh, and um, two and a half bath. So um, right now, in order for me to not quit my job, my mom will stay with us to help with the baby for about a year. Um, so she's, she's still going to stay with us for a few more months. Um, she takes up room. Yeah, I feel okay, like. Okay, now you got me on that one. I didn't yeah, see that so one coming. One room for her. Baby is staying with us, yeah. Uh, baby is staying with us in the bedroom, which okay. um, it's, it's fine right now. And we don't have a garage. So literally, like, we we walk into the house. I am literally storing, right, like... Here, here's the answer. Um, here's the answer. Here's, here's the what car. you're facing, mm-hmm. Victoria. Okay. At the end of your story, when you get to retirement, you want to have had a paid-for house for many years before you get there. And as a result of not having a house payment, a huge pile of money. Okay. That's, that's, that's where we're, that's what we're aiming at. We're agreed on that. Okay. Now the question is, how do we have a life that's reasonable and under control and still accomplish having paid off the house early and creating a big pile of money in your forties, fifties, and sixties, right? How old are you? I'm 31. Okay. So if you go and move up in house, it's not an evil thing. You're not doing anything wrong. We tell you not to take out a mortgage more than a fourth of your take-home pay, household take-home pay, on a 15-year fixed. And so if you sell your home and you take the 50000 and you put enough down and the mortgage that you take out meets those guidelines, you're perfectly fine. Now, why do we tell you those guidelines? Because we want you to pay it off for your sake. Okay, but but it's okay to move up in property and at your age with the idea that we're going to turn around and start paying it off as fast as we can, because the faster we get it paid off, the wealthier we're going to be. Right. So it's not like you need Dave's permission to get a bigger house. It ain't anything to do with me. It's got to do with you need your give yourself permission to get a bigger house, which is going to slow down your wealth building a little bit. Because now you got a bigger mortgage to get paid off before you get rich, right? Right. But you're trading that for a little better quality of life, three bedrooms and a garage and some stuff like that, and a place to camp mom for a little while. She's probably not going to be there forever, though. Kid grows up, things move on, right? But um, but but still, it's okay to move out of a two-bedroom, no-garage townhouse in Tampa, Florida. You can probably afford to make that move up with the large equity and the down payment and all that kind of stuff you're putting together. 
you're probably fine to do that. But, you know, it, it, the, the thing you don't want to do is get in the mindset of most Americans, which is I'm just going to buy whatever I want whenever I want. I'm going to spend like I'm in Congress. And then I'm going to retire broke and hope the government, which is well known for its ability to handle money, will take care of me. And see, just don't don't drop over on that side of the bucket because that's where people drown, right? Mm-hmm. That's where you get killed. So you know, it, the fact that you're fretting about this is a very is a positive because it makes you realize you're not going to do it over and over and over again. Because some people, the the way they celebrate um, getting a raise is they go get a bigger car payment. That's what most people are doing. You know, and that's not you know. So what am I going to do? I'm going to go further in debt. Well, that's dumber than crud. Because it takes you exactly the wrong direction. Now, in her case, she's not doing that. That's not what's going on. So I think you're perfectly fine to make that move, but you do whatever you want. As long as you're as long as you're couching it in the concept of I want to get my house paid off, because the faster I get my house paid off, the wealthier I'm gonna be, and the more generous I can be, and the more I can change my family tree. And those things are all tied together mathematically. It's arithmetic. Hatton is with us. Hatton is in uh, Oklahoma City. Hi, Hatton, what's up? I'm doing well, Dave. How are you? Better than I deserve. How can we help? Okay, so I am 24 years old. I'm currently living in southwestern Oklahoma, and I have gotten myself into some debt. I had put um, some debt on a credit card, and I had run the amount up pretty highly, and I decided to take out an unsecured loan with a local bank to get a lower interest rate and i was looking to see how you would be able to advise me to pay this debt off as as quickly as possible so you have the credit card debt or you have the personal loan now um i took the loan out at the okay so how much do you owe on the personal loan uh seventy two hundred and fifty dollars did you chop up the stupid butt credit card I had a plastectomy at my uh, future uh, mother-in-law's house a couple of weeks ago. Phenomenal. That's a good place to celebrate that. Makes her smile. Good. Yes. You might be able to take care of my daughter because you're getting the scissors across the card. Good. All right. Good, 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 good. 7200 bucks. What do you make? Uh, this next year, I could be making anywhere between thirty-nine dollars and $41,000 a year before taxes. What do you do? I work as a minister. Good for you. Okay. You need an extra job. My dad was a pastor, and my my brother and I, he put us in a small Christian school. We needed more money, and he was limited because he was a pastor. And he went and worked on a construction crew for three months. You got to do that. $7,200 is nothing for a 24-year-old who wants to work. All right. Yeah, go make 2000 bucks a month for three or four months, and you'll be done. But I mean, you'll be tired. Right. You'll be tired and cold. But yeah, you can right. do that when you're 24. It's okay. <laughs> you can do it when you're 64. It's okay. Um, you know, you know, used to work for a guy. He said, "You know, hard work won't kill you. Right before you die, you pass out." <laughs> this is oh, the Ramsey Show. Hey folks, Ken Coleman here. Did you know The Ramsey Show is one of the most popular podcasts in the world? It's your daily dose of advice on life and money 
Check out all of our shows from the Ramsey Network wherever you listen to podcasts.